When you think about laws changing, generally you like to think things are becoming more progressive, changing with the times. Like if you look at the laws 100 years ago compared to now, hopefully they're a lot better. So you were probably pretty surprised and maybe even concerned when you saw some news this week that Indonesia is looking to ban sex outside of marriage. Not only are they saying that, but the punishment could be jail time. And this law would not only apply to locals, but foreigners as well. So people who are going to Indonesia for holidays. And that could be you. What about the romantic trips people take to Bali all the time with their partners? What does that mean for that? Let's find out. Dr. Angie Bexley is from ANU. She knows a lot about Indonesia, has written about politics, social exclusion, all those kinds of things. Dr. Bexley, extramarital sex being banned in Indonesia for us sounds crazy, out of nowhere. Is it a surprise, though, or was this crackdown something people expected? Well, yes and no. Um, For decades, um, scholars, politicians, lawyers have all been calling for a criminal code to be uh, to replace uh, this, uh, an older code, been around since Dutch times. But as one um, Indonesian um, tweet said, we wanted an updated criminal code to bring us into the present, not take us back to the past. So, um, you know, while it's not a complete surprise, um, activists were blindsided when lawmakers suddenly announced on November 30 they were going to hand this draft to Parliament to ratify, um, which, you know, gave very little time um, for activists to organise any demonstrations. So yes and no is the answer. Okay. And can you explain exactly what is being outlawed here and how it differs from what was in place before? Right. So this newly ratified criminal code consists of 37 chapters and 624 articles. Like, it's just massive. It's 200 pages of codes. Um, Along with punishing sex, uh, premarital sex, cohabitation outside of marriage, um, we've also got very worrying defamation laws. Um, So defamation against president, uh, vice president, state institutions. They're also expanding a definition of blasphemy, freedom of expression and freedom of assembly are also rights being curtailed. So this is all very concerning for the state of Indonesia's democracy. Yeah, and I guess that's the other thing, the headline, maybe the, um, you know, sex outside of marriage ban, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's worked into this as well that people should probably be across as well. What is the punishment that we're talking about here? It is jail time, right? That's right. It's jail time. And I think most concerningly, um, you know, we've got outlying, outlawing right to assembly. So these new rules are also set to heavily regulate demonstrations. So that stipulates that anyone holding a demonstration without prior notification um, to the authorities in, in a public place can be subjected to a maximum penalty of six months in prison and a hefty fine. Um, according to these revisions, unmarried, cap, unmarried couples who live together, they can be jailed for up to six months or face a maximum uh, fine of 10 million rupiah, about $700. Also very concerning is um, this criminal code prohibiting de- the dissemination of ideas that are opposed to Indonesia's state ideology known as Pancasila. And this carries, most worryingly, a 10-year prison term for spreading ideologies not in accordance with Pancasila. So, you know, we've got students, you know, we've got philosophy students, we've got, you know, um, social theory uh, students who are all, um, you know, learning about other ideologies. So this is, this is very concerning. 
Interesting. Yeah, it is really concerning. And to hear it kind of fleshed out like this, I'm speaking with Dr. Angie Bexley from ANU about, uh, you know, these new laws being proposed in Indonesia, including a ban on sex outside of marriage. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people, Angie, listening to this thinking, hold on, I'm going to go to Bali with my partner or we like to go there all the time. We're not married. Am I going to end up in jail for a year? Should young Australians be worried about this? Well, the code is set to be transitioned in three years' time, so to take effect in 2025. And really I think the underlying point is Australians should be more concerned about what this new code says about the state of declining democracy in our nearest neighbour than a potential bonk ban. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) and there have been talks of bonk bans in Australia as well, in Parliament and all sorts of places. But, yeah, okay, that's good to know. And it's, um, you know, in a few years' time, so it's not something that's taken effect now. Has there been a lot of opposition to this in Indonesia? Like you did mention that it was a bit of a surprise and protest groups hadn't had time to mobilise and and come up with anything. But are we starting to see that now? Oh, absolutely. There's been long, um, long opposition to this. In fact, this was introduced back in 2019 to go before Parliament. And that draft was actually stopped at that time because of these massive, massive outpourings of um, protests on the street, the biggest that we've seen in in decades. Um, And Civil Society, Human Rights Watch, Amnesty International, they're all ready now uh, to support civil society to protest this. Um, They're going to be, you know, as well as doing public protests and this sort of things in in the constraints that they now can, um, they'll be putting together an application for a judicial review. That will go to the Indonesian uh, Constitutional Court. But this process is very labour intensive. It's very expensive. And these um, are rarely successful, but really they have very little choice. So yes, there's a lot there's, a, there's been a lot of um, voicing of opposition and they'll continue to do so. What's the argument that's being put forward supporting this sex ban? Like, why is it being said, uh, why is the government saying it's being done? Well, quite simply, this is about politics. This is about an appeasing and increasingly conservative agenda in politics for the sake of stability. Indonesia has elections next year and policing morality has become a weapon like increasingly wielded in in politics as well as in in civil society and in public discourse. So this is what's really important to understand is this is a really a broader theme about Indonesia's um, democratic decline and gender politics and morality is really at the heart of these debates. Do you think that as in Indonesia's close neighbour, that in Australia, um, you know, our word on any of this has much weight and do you expect that our government will speak up about this? Well, I think, you know, Australia and neighbouring countries should be calling on Indonesia to abide by its commitments to international law. That is the protection to privacy that is guaranteed under international law. So things like um, consensual, you know, relationships, um, these are all all protected. Um, whether Indonesia, um, you know, will, will listen to, to any of that, uh, so far it's, you know, it's placing politics over... Um, over what it should be doing. But, you know, Indonesia has a very, very vibrant society and change has always come from within Indonesia. Activist bodies like the National Commission for Violence Against Women, they will not give up, you know, and that's where change will come from. And just very quickly, someone's saying, did Indonesia also put restrictions on internet earlier this year as well? Is that true, Angie? 
in parallel, there's been um, an ICT law um, and there have been various, um, uh, how do you say, um, limitations on um, social media and um, different different parties engaging with that. But that's a, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, it's been fascinating getting your insight into this. Dr. Angie Bexley from ANU, thank you very much for joining us and filling us in. Thanks so much. Hack on Triple J.